Welcome to Monday Matters with Holly Cochran. Holly is a wife, mom, coach, and entrepreneur. She wears these and many more hats while running three successful businesses, a gym, online counseling and nutrition program, and commercial cleaning company. She brings a unique perspective to everyday life with her spicy, no-nonsense attitude. Holly helps her clients keep it simple with small tweaks that over time add up to big life changes. With that, let's get on with today's episode. Here's my friend, Holly Cochran, an incredible human you need to be listening to every Monday. Hey, family, friends, and strangers. This Monday Matters podcast, I am recording while there is a lunch hour class going on. So if you can hear some really awesome music in the background, that's because there are people out there in the gym and they are obviously having a wonderful workout and working up a sweat out there. So I apologize if there's some background noise, but I am going to, I'm feeling inspired that I'm going to do this podcast right here and right now and not wait for it to be quiet. Um, the podcast that I am recording right now, as I've said millions of times, usually stems from a conversation or two or three, depending on how many times I've had it over the course of the week. And so today I want to talk about emotional intelligences. We, we talk about, you know, all the different kinds of intelligence that there is, you know, the kinesthetic and and all that kind of stuff. And emotional intelligence, I learned about this in high school when we did different, I don't know if it was Myers-Briggs that assesses your emotional intelligence. But anyway, I always scored high on this in comparison to anything like my ability to do math or my ability to, well, even my kinesthetic is not super high. Like I really like being physical, but I'm not super gifted in that area. But when it came to being um, in tune emotionally, both with myself and with people around me, that was always something that I scored high on. And because it felt very natural, I didn't really have to work at understanding this stuff. I felt like it was one of the gifts that I was gifted. Just like when other people do feel like math comes really easy to them, that's a gift. So emotional intelligence is something that I've sort of taken for granted, if that's the right word, or understood most of my life. But the more I work with teenagers, especially, but with my own kids when they were little and with teenagers, the more I've learned that you need to teach emotional intelligence. We are not born incredibly intelligent in this realm. We develop it. It's a maturity thing. We develop it at different rates, but it's also teachable. So I have been teaching this stuff quite a bit these days in my office because emotions are usually what land people here. Emotions coupled with behavior are what often will land people in my office because either the school or the Department of Social Services or their parents all believe that either their emotions or the behaviors are not appropriate or needing to be supported. And so emotional intelligences are emotional intelligence is something that I wanted to talk about today. There's five stages that I um, want to address. The first four being sort of the most important of the five. And it's really difficult. You can't you can't move on to number two and number three 
until you've mastered number one in each of these. They go in sequence. And like I said earlier, some of them are a maturity thing. You just grow into being um, mature enough to have the brain capacity to get to the next stage in your emotional intelligence. But even though there are there are a lot of grown adults who have gained a level of maturity, but not necessarily a level of emotional intelligence. So let's talk about these five levels, five stages of emotional intelligence. The first one is naming emotions, being able to name how you're feeling. And I want people to understand that to be able to sort of check the box that you are at a at a stage one of these emotional intelligence, you are, you have mastered this, you need to have more than two or three words for emotions. So if you are only ever happy, sad, or mad, and your words to describe how you're feeling never move beyond sort of those three basic words, there's some work you can do and you can be taught to have a little bit more vocabulary when it comes to your emotional intelligence. And this is something that we can do with kids really early on in life. Because if you've ever seen a kid who's been upset and you ask them what's the matter, they're mad. I'm mad or I'm sad. They don't have a whole lot of vocabulary and language to their feelings. But when we start to teach them the different words and how those different words might be um, better suited for the actual emotion, they, they gain that vocabulary. And in that vocabulary comes that next, the ability to move into the next level of intelligence. So think words like I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling embarrassed. I'm lonely. I'm excited. I'm nervous. These are words that we can teach our kids and how they might be a part of the situation that they're involved in. So if a kid is acting out, if that's the right word to call it, or misbehaving in a situation, um, and you're wondering if they're feeling that way or they're at, I'm sorry, they're behaving that way because maybe what they're feeling is being nervous about something, start having that conversation giving that language, giving those words to the situation. And sometimes being able to name our emotions is a huge part of being intelligent as far as how we, how we're walking in this world with our feelings. I have many of a teenager right now in my world who don't have a lot of vocabulary when it comes to emotions. They work with the basics. So once you have some vocabulary, that's stage number one, that you can name your emotions. The second part of our emotional intelligence is understanding why we're feeling that way. So this is a hard one. I am finding this one to be harder than, than anything else. And I also know that we're not moving on until we get understanding this second stage and yet it's really hard. So being able to understand why you're feeling this way is important. That you might have been triggered, but understanding why you're being triggered is part of the emotional intelligence. You might be mad because, you know, somebody's driving 
and it's annoying. You have a little bit of car rage, but you have to understand why. Why is that car rage happening? Is it really because you're annoyed about the driver that is, you know, slowing you down or cutting you off or whatever? Or is there something else going on that you are frustrated about or that you are anxious about? Are you already running late and you hate running late? And so now you're feeling rage, car rage, but it doesn't really have anything to do with the fact that somebody's driving slow. It has to do with the fact that you didn't leave early enough or something stood in the way of you leaving early enough. Now you're running late. That feeling is the real root of the car rage, but people don't necessarily have the emotional intelligence to understand why they're feeling the, the feeling that they're feeling in that moment, the car rage. I had a, a kid in here yesterday and super, super, super angry. And the situation was such that they had tried to get their sister's attention about an outfit and the sister ignored them to the point where there was a smashing of a speaker and things like this, like way over the top. But I happen to know the kid on a regular basis talks about feeling rejected and ignored by the primary relationships in their life. There was no way I was going to be able to convince an angry 14 year old that being ignored about an outfit had anything to do with the fact mom isn't trying to get them out of foster care. There was no correlation in this kid's 14 year old mind whatsoever. In her mind, the raging anger and the smashing of things had everything to do with that one person and that one moment of being ignored. It was the focus. So not quite able to see the bigger picture and see where feelings come from and how they influence other situations and other feelings. There was no convincing her at that moment in time that there's more going on here. So that's a next level. We're going to have to get to that point. We figured out mad is the feeling. We, we did a good job of that, but the understanding why you got so mad didn't really, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't even scratch the surface to be honest but we'll work on that. Once you're able to get there and understand that's the understand why you have the feelings that you're having. Um the next thing is to manage those feelings. Okay? So if you can and it's easier to manage once you understand them. And we skip that middle that number 2 step often where we have kids having feelings and we're trying to get them to manage them without understanding them. But it is much easier to manage feelings, especially the big feelings, when you understand why and where they come from. So avoiding feelings is not a strategy of managing feelings. And sometimes really calm people who never lash out at anybody and internalize everything, feel like they manage their feelings well. 
But just because you are avoiding managing the feelings and you're just internalizing them and you're not really managing them at all, does not give you that checkbox that you manage feelings. It's not only about people who are lashing out with their big feelings or in that fight mode, but the flight mode where you just turtle and ignore and don't address anything and don't deal with your feelings or anybody else's around you, that's not managing feelings. Okay. So to be able to manage the feelings is not ignoring them, feeling them, honoring them. You, you've recognized what they are. You've named them and labeled them. You've understood why they're here. And now you're managing them through often. I teach breath work. We've talked about that before. So being able to slow down, regulate the central nervous, central nervous system that's um, sort of dysregulated when the emotions are high on a regular basis. So being able to just take a pause is you managing the feelings. I also like to teach people about grounding. So kids often think the word grounding means that they can't leave the house or they don't get to use their phone. But to become grounded when you're having a big feeling, like when you're super angry, Grounding just means being able to be super present in the room that you're in right at that moment by doing a five, four, three, two, one. Looking around and seeing five things, touching four different things that you can touch, trying to hear three different things that you can hear, trying to smell two different smells, and trying to taste one taste or recognize that there would be a taste if you tasted that. Five, four, three, two, one. Ground yourself. By the time you get through figuring out what those five, four, three, two, one things are, the big feelings had an opportunity to settle a little bit. And it's not that it's a distraction or an avoidance of the big feeling. It's just an opportunity to slow down and then work it in when you are a little bit more grounded. So that's one of the ways um, to manage it. If you are avoiding it and flight is your managing strategy, you don't get the checkbox of being through the third level or third level of emotional intelligence. So fight or flight, neither of those are effective managing strategies. Being able to identify your emotion, understand why, and then manage it when it arrives are the three first three steps. Number four, this is one that we work on lots, especially as we get older and we are in adult relationships and we are with partners. We have to start not only managing our own feelings, but ex- expressing them because now we're in relationship. And so our feelings are intertwined and um, in response to somebody else. And so being able to appropriately express our emotions well is a next level of maturity that people need to be striving for. Not that you're just managing your feelings, you know, you're not just um, not lashing out or turtling, but now you're going to be expressing your feelings. So maybe it's communication. Maybe you get to this level of maturity 
that you can effectively communicate to somebody else that you care about how you're feeling. Awesome. That's you expressing emotions appropriately, efficiently, effectively. How do you share the emotions that you're having with somebody else? Other ways to sort of express emotions uh, is movement. This happens here all the time. If you are feeling stressed, angry, frustrated, any of those sort of negative emotions, and then you get involved in some movement, that movement often helps you to express and not necessarily even matches with words. It's not like you you come in here and you work up a great sweat and then you can go and talk about it. It just might mean that you've managed to express everything that you're feeling through the movement and you don't need to talk about it necessarily. Some people do this through music, through um, drawing or art of some sort, any art medium. Some people do it through journaling. So expressing emotions well is that next level of maturity. Yeah, you can name emotions and you've got quite a few words. You understand why you're feeling that way, even if that feeling actually originates from something a long time ago. You're managing your big feelings, not running away from them and not lashing out about them. You're being able to express them and communicate them in some way that makes you feel a sense of relief for the big emotions if they're negative emotions and you need to feel a little bit of relief. But being able to express yourself is that fourth level. And then the fifth one isn't, it's not that it isn't as important, but just there are times when people are not necessarily going to get here to level five, which is to be able to recognize and understand other people's emotions. The example being empathy. And I often think that sometimes as parents, we try to force our kids to get to number five and to get to number five and express empathy even though we've kind of skipped over a couple of the other steps, kids aren't necessarily understanding their own emotions. They don't have good labels for their own emotions. They're not managing them well, and they don't express their own emotions well. And then all of a sudden we have to be able to do that for someone else and understand how, you know, we've hurt somebody else's feelings and we need to be apologizing for that. Be, you know, reading the crowd and understanding other people's, um, whether it be personal space or, you know, how we're making somebody else feel or how somebody else has come into our space feeling, whether we did, whether, not that we did that to them, but whether or not um, they're responding to something that we did or they just have arrived in that space. Sometimes kids just don't get how other people are feeling or how their behavior is influencing and affecting how other people feel, but it's because they're busy trying to figure out themselves and where they're at in this world, walking through the ups and downs and roller coasters of emotions. So that final sort of most mature level of an emotional intelligence is being able to understand our own and regulate ourselves and express ourselves and then understand other people's emotions and being able to recognize where other people are at and the fact that they might be there for some underlying reasons. 
they being able to say, hmm, I don't really think that you are busting somebody's speaker because your sister didn't compliment your outfit for school or give you an opinion about it. I think that maybe there's something bigger going on there. That's that's another level of emotional intelligence. And I promise you, 14-year-old girls are not necessarily deep enough to get there. They're mad about the outfit. They're smashing up speakers because that's what you do when you're mad. And nobody is getting the bigger picture just yet. And how there's more to this story and other people are... Um, they're, they're not to the level where they're going to be able to recognize and understand that there's more to the story and that th th this person's emotions are not just on face value, but something else is going on. When you aren't there emotionally uh, yourself, you're not going to be there for somebody else necessarily. So you're just going to hear whatever they're saying that's made them so angry and take that at face value and probably just as mad as well without understanding that there's um, probably some more language. We're not even labeling these emotions correctly. We don't understand why we're having them. We haven't been managing them well. The smashing of things is not necessarily a great strategy to manage our feelings. We don't know how to express that I'm really upset when I get ignored because I got all these other things going on and being ignored really bothers me. So when I felt like you didn't want to pay attention to my outfit, I just got this triggered feeling of being ignored. Yeah, that's not happening. That level of maturity and intelligence with our emotions, that is not currently the situation that we are at, let alone being able to understand other people can get to that point as well. So just to wrap this podcast up, I wanted to share with you the kinds of things that I do when I am teaching kids about these emotions and their themselves and their emotions and trying to give them language that can support them as they mature and grow, because I truly believe these are not things we're necessarily given at birth. These are things we're being taught. And I am working with a lot of people, a lot of families who have not been taught the things that I, that they need. They don't, these are some of the basic skills in life to communicate with other people and et cetera. So I don't feel like, um, they're always being given that because probably the generation above them hasn't been given that. So, um, that's the kind of work that I've been doing about emotional intelligence. And I hope that if you are looking after little people and you are listening to this podcast, you find it useful and you'll be able to recognize in yourself where your level of emotional intelligence is at and be able to see if you need to do a little bit of work to progress past just being angry, happy, mad if you have a little room for some growth there and the ability to teach some of this to the other people in the world, because it's a skill that we can develop and mature on. I hope you guys have a fantastic week and I will see you next Monday. 
Thanks for listening to Monday Matters with Holly Cochran. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Monday Matters, leave her a review, and share this episode on your social media. Should you have any questions about what you listen to or want more info, reach out and send her a message at K2 Health with Holly on Instagram and Facebook. She loves hearing from her listeners. See you next time.